The Real IQ Property Management Podcast, brought to you in association with Palace, great property management software at getpalace.com. And Moving House Property Video, bringing your listing to life at movinghouse.net.nz. Today we hear from Victor Boyd, Director at Contaminated Site Solutions, on the various issues and possible myths surrounding meth testing and their ramifications for the property management industry. Welcome to this very special edition of the Property Management Podcast. I'm your host, David Faulkner. And today with me is Victor Boyd. Victor Boyd, he is the Director of Contaminated Site Solutions. He specialises in a variety of operations within contamination and uh, he's an expert on meth and I think it's at the moment in time we need to get some balance in this argument about what to do. We've got an industry with property managers, business owners, a split as to how big a problem this is. So I've made it a mission of mine to hunt down the best person in New Zealand to speak about it and Victor who claims to be that he's agreed to give me a good Half an hour of his time, and we're just going to get into the uh, nuts and bolts on how big a problem this is in New Zealand. So, Victor, first, before we get into this, can you tell me, tell us a little bit about your background, what makes you qualified to give uh, an expert's opinion? Well, I, I came to New Zealand in 87 uh, into construction, yeah. and um, following the share market crash of 87 to 91. I uh, decided to change careers, so I, of all things I got into, I'm qualified as a chef, so I was a chef for 10 years in some of the top restaurants in Auckland, and following that, uh, a bit of a downturn needed a break, mm-hmm. an agency put me in touch with a commercial cleaning company who were looking for someone to pull the company together and get all the managers and streamline the business, so um, I joined those guys. Um, why there? That's how I got into the meth So, what year was this? How? Oh, uh, was it now? So, that have been around about two thousand and four. Yeah. So, you've been doing this for 15, 14 yeah. years. Yeah. Around about yeah. so. Um, now, my understanding. I've heard this is a rumor. I don't know if it's true or not. But you were involved in one of the the first big meth busts or the first big meth cleanup or tech. Yeah. So the the. The commercial cleaning company that I became general manager for, uh, the owner, Gary, was the the president of the uh, BSC, which is the Building Services and Contractors of New Zealand. So while working with Gary, uh, they had explosion of a property in one of the elite suburbs of Mission Bay. Right, yep. And um, I believe that... um, Auckland City Council, because of Gary's position in the cleaning industry, they approached him on like, how do we deal with this? How do we hmm. remediate it? So Gary basically just dropped it on my desk and said, here's one for you. <laughs> so doing some research and, and talking to the laboratory that did the testing and um, scoping the whole place out, we, we attended the job and it actually still had the, the cooking process was still there because right. we knew how to deal with it. So everything had been bubbling away, it was melting on the floor, it was bubbling away on the floor after the fire was put out, so that was the first occasion that something had come to So you are really, I mean, you were right at the start of this, looking like being a a bit of a problem. How big, I mean, 
are we the only country in the world which is dealing with this epidemic at the moment? No, per, per head of capita, we, we're the biggest user we? of methamphetamine. Right. But it, it's, it's all over the world, but because we're such a small country, yeah. and it's private, and that says slack on our borders, but it's quite easy to get the, the uh, precursors and stuff in. And they say that's why it's only called P in New Zealand. Yeah. Everywhere else it's methamphetamine, but P being purest. Yep. It's because we could have got it's tighter now, but then we, we did. So we just saw that case recently where up on 90 Mile Beach where they had the. So mostly it's being exported in rather than being produced yeah, in New Zealand? Oh, they're still producing it here, you know. Yeah. The, the gangs, and I believe some of the Asian gangs are still quite prominent in, in New Zealand, but they will bring it in from manufacturing in. In Indonesia or Thailand, and bring it into New Zealand. And Ninety uh, Mile Beach is just one of those ones that got caught. Got caught, yeah, yeah. So, how does New Zealand establish standards as for what is safe? Where, where does it go to, and how do we compare with other countries? Well, other countries have New Zealand's probably got the strictest level of being 0.5 yeah. micrograms. Other countries will sit at one or one point five. In the early days, New Zealand was one point five, mm-hmm. which was quite easy to get to. You could get to it using sugar soap or something like that because it was just on the surface. It was quite. But I guess the government has done their research and found that that's still too high for for babies and infants crawling around in the carpet. So they've tightened it up. Yeah. And. Uh, and my understanding is, are you being involved in a government task force, which is... Uh, yeah, next week, I believe, there's a um, first get-together for a new task force to set standards yeah. in meth decontamination. Because at the moment, everybody's skirting around the... They say they're only guidelines, Yeah. so they're skirting around the outside of the guidelines, but they have to remember that it's... Um, guidelines have been written by um, the health department, so that something was to happen and it hit the fan, it would stand up mm-hmm. because... So who regulates these guys? At the moment, there's no regulation. People can go, and you probably saw it in the, the media, having a two-hour sketch course or a two-hour test to do um, swab sampling. And uh, again, the swab sampling is a whole... It depends who's doing it, how they're doing it, and if they're continuing the same technique on every sample. Yeah. Now, Rick, I mean, in my previous role, before I started doing what I'm doing now, I was involved in a company and we, we, we got a, a company in and basically made our property managers qualified meth testers. What's your thoughts around that? Is that best practice of property managers the best people to be doing this? No, well, in, in Colorado, where I take a lot of my, my guidance from, they insist that it's um, commercial hygienists. Commercial hygienists, yeah. Yeah, that do it or laboratories. I get people sending me, uh, they phone me up and say, we've had it tested. And I said, can you send me the report? And I get a Hills report. Yeah. And I find out. Hills, that, Hills Laboratories. Yeah. Yeah. And Hills Laboratory, being IANZ qualified or certified laboratory, they will test anything you give them. Yes. It's how it's been collected that I have the sticking point with. Did they rub it five times in the one area, ten times in the one area? Did they use the one swab for multiple areas? Is it a presumptive test? Is it a quantifiable test? So my sticking point is with 
the people that are taking the, the, the sampling. Do I get it from Hillsborough Board and I just say, no, sorry, don't recognize it. There's only about four companies that we work for, or four laboratories that we, yeah. we do work through because all the rest we don't trust. Right. You know? Okay. Now, I've done my research and I've looked on the uh, companies, the business companies' websites, and I look at the incorporation dates, and I've just done a test there for say, companies which have got meth in the name, or yeah. companies have got pee testing or drug testing. Now, my research showed me that we've seen one company a week become incorporated since the start of the year. Now, my guess will be that these companies, not all of them will be around in a few years. Is there a risk that these companies will use desperate tactics if they're not regulated to try and become profitable? Well, yeah, I think it's like any industry, there's cowboys in every industry, and a lot of these people are jumping on the bandwagon, I believe, mm. you know. Look, there's probably only maybe a half a dozen companies in New Zealand that are doing it right. Half a dozen companies yeah, doing it right. That are doing it right. All the rest of them are running around making a mess and I get maybe once a month yeah. one or two properties that people want me to go back and rectify yeah. because they've either done something structurally yeah. or they've done such a poor job that the, the, the uh, people can't get them back to finish the job because they open up a smith today and close on Friday and open up on Monday as Jones, you know? Oh. So, uh, so, I mean, I, I don't want you to start naming companies because there could be legal ramifications around this, but could you explain what doing it right is? What are the questions property management companies should be asking of people who do this as a service? Well, first, I would ask them, what's their history? You know, we, we get people saying that, uh, oh, we're a, we're a testing company for methamphetamine. And I say, okay, so what's your background? Uh, I was a, hair, a hairdresser. Yeah, and? And another one will be, oh, I used to run a nightclub, so I know about the drug scene. <laughs> or my partner's a police officer. Well, that doesn't qualify you for. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we only stick to, um, as I said, uh, commercial hygienists yeah. that are qualified people or scientists in their own right. Right, so, so you should be, as a property manager, you should be looking for a commercial hygienist. Yeah. yeah. Rather than somebody who says, we test for meth. Yeah, because like, there is, like in any, any business, there's always someone trying to scratch someone else's back. Yeah. You know? So you can get people that will go in there just to find meth. So they can say, I found it. Mm -hmm. Now you need to get a company in to do a, a quantifiable test use these guys and then you use those guys he gets a kickback those guys tell you oh yeah it's so highly contaminated right it's going to cost you 20,000 to remediate when probably all you had to do was throw the kitchen fridge out so there's, there's so because there's kickbacks you're yeah. basically saying that the majority of this industry is corrupt well as I say there's there's a few big companies out there there's a few companies that are trying to get it right in doing the testing. But at the moment, um, I, I'm the company director. I just have my own standard. Yep. And that's where I stay. Yep. I don't care what's going on around me and who's doing what. I stay with the tried and tested laboratories and people that are qualified to do the job. And I don't work outside of those parameters. So. Right. Now, 
So, just this is some this is some of the scenarios that I picture, and it scares the bejesus out of me. You know, you could get a meth tester that comes in. Now, is if a test is reading and it's too high, the, is it solely meth, or could there be others, say, like cleaning things or you know aerosols? Could they cause a, a reading to be high? No, the uh, the laboratories when they do their test, when the the, the hills will analyse the the swab sample, they can tell you what's in it. They tell you if there's precursors in it. There's cannabis. Yeah. Um, obviously methamphetamine, amphetamine. They will tell you everything that's in it. You'll get the lab report mm. with all the spikes and the, the levels to tell you what's actually been picked up in that swab. They don't just test for methamphetamine. Right. So could there be other products in there? Like, like household cleaning products or whatever that could, could you know, tamper the results to a degree? Yeah, or? They, they do pick up uh, alkaline quite a lot, but then that's from your cleaning products. You know, they normally find that in the, in the laundry because of laundry detergent or under the, in the cupboard under the sink yeah. where you get your clean. So if someone did a swab, it could come back with a reading. But not necessarily meth, but it would be high in alkaline. Yeah. So then you'd have to look at it and as a sort of mediator, we know well, high in alkaline, it's in the laundry cupboard. Yeah. There's a good chance that it's soap powder or yeah. or something like but that. What was, but there's an opportunity, but is the potential where the result could come back to the company and they say, oh, you've got a high reading, you've got to go and get further tests. Can that happen? Oh, look, I, I, I don't know if it was out there, if it happens, but as I say, if it's alkaline, yeah. We're not that interested. Yeah. The lab will tell you that the alkaline reading is higher than the guidelines for a domestic property. Yeah. So then you may have to address that when you're doing your decontamination process. Yeah. And what they also would pick up on as well is lead, mm -hmm. because of the old properties, lead-based paint yeah. and stuff. So they would pick up on that as well. Yeah. So you will see that come through. Some laboratories will tell you to get rid of the lead paint and seal the, the framing. Some say no, leave it in, in situ and change the whole window, mm. which opens up a whole new can of worms. Now, we've had, I mean, some companies, are, this, this is splitting the industry, in the property management industry, big time. Some companies are taking the stance that they feel that every property should be tested when it becomes vacant. Uh, some companies are now saying, right, we're not taking on management unless they've been tested for meth and the clean. Uh, this is also to do with this Health and Safety at Work Act. Uh, is that an overreaction? Well, I, I, I heard that um, some of the loaning establishments were asking you to have it tested before they loan you the money. Yeah. Now, if you're buying a property in Auckland where you're looking close to a million dollars, you know, for another two or three thousand dollars to get it tested, it might be worth your while. It's worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. Because the last thing we, we've seen in the media of, of late where people have bought properties, gone in, and as you said, um, the neighbour said, do you know you bought a meth house? And they get it tested, and they find out, yes it is, so they can't move in, but they're looking at 20, 30, maybe even demolition of the property. You know? I mean, and, 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 and if we go back to the companies which do the, the meth testing, I mean, I hear that there's companies out there which have got meth testing, but they also do meth the cleaning as well. Is that con is that risky? Is that like a conflict of interest? Yes, and it is, and it, and it does say in the guidelines that both have to be separate. Now I get people asking me to do swab testing yeah. for them. I can go in and just do a presumptive test straight away. That'll tell me if I find something. So you normally would go in and, and test say around the stove. 
which you know that's where you're going to find it, or um, the uh, heat pump, mm. you know, somewhere there's air circuit. So I go and test it. But my very first swab, if I used um, a D4D test or meth meth test, and it showed positive straight away, I would stop. Yeah. And I just back out and say, sorry, you need to get someone in to do a proper test on it. I've found it. I'm, it's here. That's all I need to know. And I just charge them for my time. If they ask me to come in and do um, every room in the house and do a swab test on every room, and I send it off to Hills, it comes back positive. I give them them positive. If they say, can you quote me for um you can tell me, I say no. So your recommendation, and I want to your recommendation is not to use companies that will have meth testing and cleaning. Yeah. That you've got to keep them completely separate because there's a conflict of interest yeah. and, and people who do the cleaning got to profit from it. Well, the thing is, if, if, if he goes in and does the swab samples in your house and you, you watch him going around your house doing it, how do you know when the lab results come back, how do you actually know it come from your property? Yeah. He could have swab samples from another property that he may have done that he knows is contaminated. And this is what scares me about the industry, because there's that many companies starting up. I, Victor, I hate what you're saying, that there will be good operators. Of course there is. And there's cowboys in every industry. Yeah. Of course there is. But this is what concerns me, is that with so many companies starting up, they're not all going to make money, and desperate tactics will... Yeah. Oh yeah, it'll, it'll come down to competition and they'll, they'll cut the corners to, to make money and uh, we've had properties where we've priced and the people have come back and said to me, look, I've had another price which is 500 or or $1,000 less than you, but you seem to know what you're doing, you've given us a better quote, yeah. a breakdown of what you're going to do, if you can match it, we'll go with you. And I say, no, sorry, that's what I see yeah. is a, a decent price to do the job. That's what I think it takes to do it. Oh, well, it's, it's every industry. And, um, sorry, I'm not interested. We try to work away all the time. I, just, I don't need to go down that track to be... You know, you could give some lessons to property management on how to sell property management because I see so many drop the pants on price, you know, and it's all about the quality of service. So good on you yeah, for that. Yeah, no, as I say, you get what you pay for, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right, so if we look at this from a, a tenant's point of view... If they move into a house and someone says to them, oh, look, you've just bought a meth house, what steps do you think they should take? Well, obviously, they need to go and get it tested. Then, but as I say, if they're going to get it tested, don't run off and pay 100 bucks or $200 just to have somebody to test. We, I always direct them towards one of the, the companies that we use or we work with hmm. because they are scientists in their own right and we, we give it to them because they've got more to lose. If we, Joe Bloggs goes in and he finds, finds or he says he's found it and we decontaminate it and it gets into, we get into difficulties with the property saying it's so highly contaminated that we've got to do some structural stripping out. And, but I, it might be too much for the, um, the inexperienced tester, you know. So then they back out, they won't answer the phone calls, they won't come to the job. So left to someone like myself to sort it out for the people, you know? Yeah. Now, now so tenants now, they're, they're in a position, I'm seeing the old case where they're asking for rent refunds on these type of properties, and and God knows where all this has got to end. Because I can picture, it could get to the situation where you've got a tenant who is actually smoking meth. Yeah. And then they can go to the property manager and say, I hear this is a meth lab. 
I need it tested. It gets tested, comes back positive. I want a rent refund. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I said, best to get it tested before you move in. Yeah. Um, even for real estate agents, if the property managers, if they're leasing the property, when someone moves up, they should to save their own skin. They should get it so tested. Yeah. By so, a reliable company. So, so the, the advice that we're getting, uh, and this is great advice, and this is what property managers, business owners need to hear. Get it tested when it's vacant, but make sure it's a company that doesn't also do the cleaning as well as the meth testing. Yeah, get a reputable company. You know, not some of these guys, as you said yourself, you, you've looked in the um, uh, companies registrar and they're popping up like, like mushrooms. Oh. You know, like if you want to go and talk to some guy that's just been in the game for a couple of three weeks, yeah. well, you're going to get two or three weeks of experience, you know, yeah. as you go to... Uh, registered laboratory that, that does this sort of thing, like a commercial hygienist, hmm. then you're going to get value okay. for money. What guarantees the property managers, landlords have? Say that they've had the property, it's, it's just say for an example it's been cleaned, or it's been come back, it's tested, it's been cleaned. What guarantees do they have that the job's been done professionally, correctly? Is the chance that it could um, reappear? Yeah, well, there's, there's been no real research on, um, you know, if we decontaminated a property and it got cleared, and then say we, the laboratory went back to that property, say, in two years' time, and knock on the door, and someone opens the door and says, hi, look, this was a, a meth lab two years ago, we tested it, we just want to check if it's coming back through. And the guy standing there said, I just bought the place last week, nobody told me it was a meth lab. Right. And they go back to the next guy and he said, well, I only bought it a year ago as an investment and I flicked it off again and got down the chain. So where does it stop? So you can't really, um, there's no research that I know of at the moment of going back. So we don't know if it's coming back through the the, yeah. the, 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 the gym. I have seen it go through gym and into the framing Yeah. on umpteen occasions, you know. And my philosophy is, if you cut it out, it won't come back. Yeah. If you treat it and do all you can to decontaminate it, who's to say it won't come back through the, the jib again? If it's gone through the jib into the framing and you decontaminate in the service, how do you know it's not going to come back through? Hmm. Because most of the houses only got uh, water-based paint. Yeah. Paint on them. Now, now, we also saw on, on the, the news recently, there was um, uh, quite a reputable gentleman, I think it was Dr. Kim, his name was, came out saying that the risks are being grossly over-exaggerated. What's, is he right? Well, I, I, I did catch a little bit of that on the, on the news, but I was thinking, he, he was the guy that was involved in the stamp and the guidelines. Yeah. And drawing up the guidelines. And yes, he said it was for meth labs, yeah. not meth-contaminated properties. But it's taken him six years to, to speak up now, and even there's a bit of heat from the media. But you have to draw the line somewhere. There has to be a starting point. Yeah. You know, and what we see, or what I see in, in the company is, my main concern is the children. You've got to have a, a duty of care. Yes. And little ones crawling over ca uh, carpets, hand to mouth, teething, yeah. chewing on the, on the uh, uh, windowsills, you know, things like that. That's what the kids do. Mm. So adults, we can stand a bit more because our immune system a bit more robust, but what about the little ones that are still... So, so in your opinion, what's a safe reading? What's a... Well, I, 
I know 0.5 is really hard to get up. In my experience, it's hard to get to. But um, I, I think it's still a good place to be. Yeah. It's a good place to be. You don't want to set it at, say, a 1 or a 1.5 and then find out five years down the track that we're getting all these health problems. So how many houses do you think are contaminated in the end? What percentage? We hear, I've heard, I've heard companies make claims that 40% of all houses tested come back positive. Yeah, well, um, there's been some of the, the uh, reports in, in the media about state houses, what they're reading, or how, how many they've had. You know, I think it was 1,200 or something. Hmm. 900 out of the 1,200 tested. But look, it's like cannabis. You can find it anywhere. Yeah, in the, in the, in the country, you know. So uh, yeah, and long term, I mean, there's no research about there's, there's long term what the health implications are for people. There's, there's, there's not there's no um, uh, research on the um, long term problem. Again, it's it's um, it's like asbestos. Yeah, you know, asbestos doesn't really affect you for to twenty years after the fact, you know. And, then you start showing the symptoms of it. So, who's to say meth wouldn't do the same? Yeah, I mean, this leads me on to, you know, another topic. What's the difference between asbestos and meth in terms of, you know... Yeah, well... Have we got, have we got to get to the point where every rental property has got to get the, the vinyl ripped up because it's got asbestos? Well, from what I, I, I'm reading at the moment with the new health and safety, our work safe on asbestos standards, that everybody's going to have to have a, um, an SEM register, which is an asbestos containing material register for their property. So an AC, and so the next thing for landlords to consider is that they're going to have to have a, yes. a, what that, what's that again, an, an ACM? And, and as far as asbestos, uh, asbestos containing material. Asbestos containing material. Yeah, so that can be the back of the, the old meter board. Right. One there. Um, the vinyl, the floor, the suffix. The cladding. So if you've got a property that that have got that in it, right, you have to keep a register of it. Because say you you're saying you're you're renovating your house and the, the plumber comes and he starts drilling holes through the new asbestos or the old asbestos drilling new holes and no mask on him, he's getting the fibers. Yeah. Now he's gonna get sick, but now you're gonna be responsible because you didn't take Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's quite it's quite frightening. Yeah. Because you basically, you know, I mean, there must be a huge amount of stock, housing stock, in this country, which is a health risk. Yeah, with, with asbestos, because asbestos was, at the time, it was indestructible, and it still is. So it was used in claddings and floor vials, it was used in everything, glues, lagging. And I think that's where the meth standard should go. Yeah. Because I've just gone through my uh, asbestos training yep. for my license, and while well, then guys do ninety percent of what we do yeah. in a meth lab, we have higher PPE rating on our on our masks than they have because they only deal with with fibers. Yeah. Whereas we're dealing with volatiles and fiber. Yeah. So we need a, a higher grade filter. This could be potentially bigger than leaky buildings, couldn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, and another one coming along is mould. Because of the leaky buildings, we've got mould. Right. And I don't know how many building sites I've gone past with a chippy with his t-shirt and a pair of shorts on, sledging away at this black rotting timber, and no mask, no suit. 
So spectacular these. Yeah. So, so what's what, your opinion? What's more riskier, asbestos, mold, meth? Which you know? Oh, I think they're all right up. Uh, much the same. At the moment, we've only got a standard for asbestos. Yeah. Remediation. Yeah. Not for mold and uh, not for for meth. We've got guidelines for meth, but nothing for mold. So we're gonna eventually. What we're gonna do is we're gonna. I think we're seeing this slowly creep in. We're seeing an overhaul of housing standards for this country. Now you've got all these houses which are built 60s, 70s, whatever, and they're probably getting to the, the, the sell back where they've got to be renovated. Yeah. I mean, we, we probably haven't got enough tradespeople, have we, to, to, to do all this work? I mean, if we've got landlords have got to own properties which they can't rent out because they're a health risk. Yeah, well, I said up to, I think it was the 80s, where um, the shop using asbestos in a lot of our work. So really anything after that, yeah. The chance of it having asbestos in it is going to be, um, it's going to be maybe here or there, but it's not going to be the whole cladding, mm. the vinyl. Yeah, you know, it's not going to be right through the property, but it, um, it's going to get yeah. bigger. You know, you can see it at the moment. Well, we see it at the moment. Everybody's getting rid of asbestos. Yeah, yeah. Garden sheds, um, cladding, suffetes. If it's in good condition and it's well painted and well sealed. And it hasn't been backed into by the car. If it's in good condition, you don't have to touch it. Yeah. If it's well maintained, but you have to keep it well maintained. But once it gets broken, or mm. somebody knocks a hole in it or whatever, then it becomes a problem. Mm. Okay. So back to myth. Just to get a best practice for for property managers for landlords. Yeah. When the property is vacant, you saying get it tested. Get it tested. I'd get a test by a reputable company. By a reputable company, which doesn't get the kickback from doing the cleaning. Yeah, associated with anyone else. Yeah. You know? But yeah. we do see um, uh, testing companies, and they will put a list of remediators on the back of their. Yep. Yeah. You know? How do so? Where do they go to find the reputable companies? Is there is there a registered? Is the database? Is the <laughs> yeah? That's a good question. You know. There, there isn't a, now if you go to the, the city council, yeah. like if you go to Auckland, they will have a list of companies that um, they recognise, but they won't say to you, oh look, use John Smith. Yeah. They will just say, here's four companies that we, we recognise to do the testing, choose one. Right. So the questions property managers, landlords should ask of these, quest, of these companies. What are, say the three, four questions that they should ask before they pick one of these uh, companies to do the work. What questions would you suggest they ask? Well, the, 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 how long they've been in business is one of them. Yeah, um, where is he, is he qualified? You know, how long is he, where do he get his training from to do the testing? You know, if he comes to you and he says, oh, I got it on Skype or I got it on uh, yeah. YouTube, well, if alarm bells don't start ringing. So where yeah. should a... Right, if you were setting up a meth testing company today, yeah. what are the standards you would look to implement in terms of training, in terms of qualifications? Where would you direct your staff to? Well, at the moment there's no, there's no training. There are companies that will take um, guys through specific training using their product. Right. You know? But... It's not just decontamination. So there's no official. There's no official training for, no, for I, a meth tester or a. Yeah, well, I, I, 
I says, I'm self-trained on, uh, I don't know how many thousand properties, boats, cars, camper vans. Yeah. I've decontaminated over the years. But uh, I had actually gone overseas to get overseas training to see if I wasn't missing out on something. Yeah. But um, I said, I guess it's, it comes down to experience, how long we've been in the game. You know, if they're fly-by-nighters, they're not going to last that long no. anyways because they're going to stuff it up and word soon gets out mm. of, of who's doing it. And the labs will start seeing, they come in and do a retest and it keeps failing, keeps failing, keeps failing. And so yeah. these guys here don't. So the question is to ask, where they've had the training, yeah. the fact that there's no official training for them in New Zealand is, is pretty scary. Yeah. You know, but the, 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 they've not got a company, they've not got a cleaning company attached to them because then there's a conflict of interest. Correct, yeah. Yeah, and how long they've been doing it for. Yeah, and um, as I said, you just need to do your homework on them. If you get a remediator in to do it, same thing, check with him. What's he doing? Yeah. What's he using? Like if, Somebody quotes you ten thousand to do your property, and another guy walks in and says, "I can do it for four. Yeah, you know, this alarm bells start ringing. You, know, you can be close, but you can't be yeah. half as cheap. You know, yeah. Yeah. so you got to wear up. You know, I, I I can see the stage now where where insurance companies are going to be. It, it's going to become part of the the policies that you have to have these houses tested. Yeah, insurance companies at the moment have put a cap on. I believe on on uh, meth labs or meth contaminated properties between twenty and thirty thousand dollars. Right. That's all they, they will pay you. Yeah. Um, but we have done properties where we've had to remove the contaminated soil. Hmm. That's cost twenty thousand just to get rid of the soil. Yeah. And that didn't count getting rid of the house on top of it. So, and you could probably spend ten thousand on testing and retesting until it's clear. <clears throat> From a landlord's point of view. If they find out that the house is contaminated, because the costs are so high, there is a risk that they will try and cover it up. Oh yeah, in the early days that was the, the whole goal, they would they'd come into the property to do their three monthly or whatever inspection, find out, or somebody has told them that they're buying meth from one of your properties, and they've gone in and they've said, hey, sling your hook or I'll tell the cops, and you're getting your bond back. So they go in and they they uh, start cleaning it with bleach and ammonia and stuff. But in the stand, in the guidelines, it said no ammonia-based products to be used in the decontamination because it can create all the gases and and all the problems. So the landlord would win, give it a clean himself, like a paint here and there, tidy it up. But he still got the same old carpet in, yeah. and um, he rented out to maybe a solo mom or a young family. And yeah, I mean. It, it, it's getting to the stage, Victor, where, you know, you, you've got to be getting cars tested when you buy a car, aren't you? Because, and, 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 you know, the property managers can't be held responsible for picking up labs because they must be able to put them in all types of places. Yeah, yeah, well, we've had them in camper vans, in cars, even transporting them in vehicles. We've, we've decontaminated vehicles. We don't like decontaminating them because you've got all the, um, the air conditioning and... and and stuff and a soft furnishings which you get rid of in a meth lab, mm. but some we have done and some. But again, we've used a reputable laboratory scientists to take the samples and they send it to either Hills or they have their own laboratory that can analyze it or it goes to, to Australia for yeah. analysis. So that way, we don't say or I don't say it's clean. 
And if someone else that tells me it's clean and somebody is telling them yeah. that it's clean, so... You want independence all the way through this process, yes. don't you? Most definitely, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. All right, listen, Victor, I mean, I appreciate it. I mean, you're clearly a busy man. And it's great, we're doing this interview in, in, in Victor's little workshop here in, in, in Auckland, and uh, there's all types of fascinating equipment in there. So um, just just to, to recap, best practice, property managers, your recommendation is, is that every property should be tested when it becomes vacant. Every new management that a property management company takes on board, they should be recommending that it is tested at the commencement. So you've got a benchmark. Yeah, and, and it also protects them as well because, if, as you say, if they uh, take on another property and then they rent it up and somebody comes to the new tenant and says, oh, did you know those guys were yeah. gang members or whatever, they go, okay, and they get it tested. Now what does the property manager have to fall back on? Mm. Oh yeah, I should have got it tested. And and, and, and lots of property managers yeah. because you know they don't want to lose management. They'll have landlords who will not want the properties tested. Yes. What would your recommendation to property managers be in those circumstances? Well, a lot of people are scared that it'll go on the limb report, and it, it doesn't go on the limb report. Like people ask me if I do the decontamination, will I will I tell the council about it on, on the limb report? It's none of my business, you know. Most of the properties that go to the council and get on the limb report are, say, properties that the police have busted or involved in a raid. Then they notify council that we have raided yeah. this property and we have found meth on it, and that's how it gets on the limb report. I do know of companies that um, that are quoting for jobs, and if they don't get it, they dob it on to the council saying, "Look, we've quoted this job for a meth contaminated property." And so, so look, so there's companies out there. Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, so what? Unethical, you know? Good God. It's nothing to do with me. Yeah? Your property's contaminated with meth. I quote to clean it. I go in and I clean it. The independent laboratory will come in and test it. It'll go to another laboratory for analysis. It'll come back saying, yes, it's clean or no, it's not. You need some work on it. It's done. Once it's done. So there's, company, it. so there's companies out there which will go to the council if they don't get the contract. Yep. We'll, we'll go and uh, tell the council that it's on. Oh, God, I won't ask you because we'll be all types of legal ramifications. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah and, and they say they don't care, bring it on. Yeah. I just walk away from these characters yeah. because the, the people have just made a huge investment, say, on a new property, find out that it's contaminated. Like we've gone to properties where we've been asked to demolish, and I've seen the lab report and who did the testing, and I've said, no, sorry, I want to bring someone else in mm. to do the testing. They've come in and tested, and I have paid for it. Going by the photographs, I said, I want you to test exactly beside where they've tested, but also do your own test somewhere else. You do your own. Because, I mean, there's, it was on that news article where there's different companies will get it tested and there's different readings. Yeah, well, that one on, on the media the other night, they're saying three different companies, three different readings. Yeah. But that probably is supposed to be reading high. Yeah. But when you see the people going in and they're not wearing suits, they're not wearing a mask, they're using uh, uh, different techniques. So it's, it's, it's just yeah. poor practice then. What? Yeah. You have to, when you take your sample, you have to do the same technique all the time. Yeah. You know, if someone goes in and they do, say, five verticals, swabs, five horizontal and five vertical, 
the next time they go to the next one, they've got they to do, do the same. Well. They've got to use new swab, new gloves every time they, they move along to a new testing yeah. site. But if they go in and they do a couple of squiggly wipes on that one, how, how many times did they wipe? They don't know. No. So it could be five times, ten times, twenty times the next time. Yep. Oh, look, it's Friday afternoon. I've got to get out of here. I don't yep. have time for this. There right. we go. You're on this task force. We'll finish off. But you're on this, this task force. What would you be recommending to the government to do with... Because, you know, as we say, this is this is a leaky building, potentially. What would your recommendations be? Well, I, really, I can't go into it too much at the moment because we haven't had our first meeting yet. So the first meeting is next week and we're just going to sit down and see where the guidelines that we have, where they're working, where they're not working, where we need to tighten it up, what we need to bring in different to tighten it up and to stop this um, cowboy coming in, doing things, going out again. We need to get some sort of standard and that's what it's going to be. So at the yeah. moment, at the time, they, they come up with guidelines because we needed something yeah. to sort of work to. Now we've got those, we find, yes, some of it's working, some of it's not working. Now we need to sit down and refine it and then put it in, in writing and say, this is it, and you can't go outside of these lines. Yeah. And for property managers which are certified meth testers, what's your thoughts on that? Again, uh, I take it all with a pinch of salt. I only work with the laboratories. Yeah. So as I say, if I get... Um, a lab test comes in and it's it's from Hill's laboratory, which is fine, but it says Joe Bloggs at a black and white real estate. Yeah. You know, I said, well, sorry, who took the sandwich to Joe Bloggs at black and white real estate. Well, who's he? You know, yeah. Where does he get his qualification? Yeah. You know? And I've been on several of these courses myself in Australia and in America, and I've sat in on them and I think, what, well, that's it? I didn't even get morning tea, it was that sort of a course, you know. And again, you get other ones that will do it and then they'll start promoting their own yeah, their own product or whatever. And as soon as I see that, I get up and I just leave, you know. And it's... Right, that's great. Listen, Victor, you know, you've given us a great insight into what is um, a real issue for our industry. I thanks for your time. The Real IQ Property Management Podcast, brought to you in association with Pellis, great property management software at getpellis.com, and Moving House Property Video, bringing your listing to life at movinghouse.net.nz. Phone us today on 0800 Real IQ or visit realiq.nz. Real IQ, striving for a better industry.